you know, it used to be that, you know, could you, uh, you know, could you move at the speed of business? You know, that was kind of one of the monikers, you know, well, you know, a company needs to be able to move at the speed of business. And I would say that actually, you know, our challenge today is that we need to be moving at the speed of our culture. <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul Miller, and this is Digital Workplace Impact, where we investigate and explore the ideas, practices, and people that are impacting the new digital worlds where we all work. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry through membership, benchmarking and boutique consulting services. And if you'd like more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. So today's episode is with Steve Wilson, who runs all things digital workplace at Walmart. It's a kind of story that really kind of takes your breath away. I mean, the size of Walmart as an organization, as a set of employees, um, as a kind of entity, is, is, it's kind of larger than a lot of d countries. So it's kind of amazing the way that Steve, in a really calm, kind of no-nonsense way, seems to get his head round how you really engage and connect with 2.3 million, yes, I said 2.3 million employees in Walmart and related organizations, both in the U.S. and around the world. Um, the numbers just take your breath away. I think what they're doing and the way that they think is really impressive and lessons there, I mean, frankly, if they can do it at Walmart, you know, you can do it anywhere. I'm delighted to be joined by Steve Wilson. Steve is the Director, Digital Strategy and Brand Engagement at Walmart. Um, how do you describe Walmart? Well, it's one of the world's largest retail brands. It's a really, it's got a colossal workforce. I couldn't believe this when I, I, I read this. There's one and a half million employees across 4,700 stores in the U.S. alone. And that's actually 1% of the U.S. working population, which is a statistic that I love. Um, it's also um, got 800,000 employees in its international operations. Uh, for example, Asda in the U.K., uh, the Sam's Club warehouse brand. So it's... To call it a complex environment is a bit of an understatement, but it's it's fantastic to have you uh, on the show today, Steve. Well, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Great. So, so just to start off, um, you know, I, I read a few kind of stats there about Walmart. It's a huge, you know, as I say, kind of almost mind blowing in scale organization. Can you just give me a picture? of what it's like to try and engage 1.5 million employees. Well, I think one of the most uh, one of the most interesting things about this scale Paul is just the spectrum of personalities and talent sets that are required to actually, you know, deliver each and every day, you know, to our customers around the globe. And that's everything from everybody making sure that the parking lot is clean and picked up and that those, 
you know, shopping trolleys or carts are being, you know, brought back in from the parking lot all the way up to data scientists in our uh, e-commerce labs, uh, our pilots that fly our corporate jets, <laughs> uh, the mechanics that uh, take care of those jets, the merchandising people who make sure that, you know, that we have products to put on the shelves, the logistics people to make sure that, you know, our, our truck drivers and our distribution center and fulfillment center workers to make sure that all of that gets to where it's supposed to be, whether that is our neighborhood markets or an as the supermarket or uh, your front door. Yeah. And it, and, and, and it's really, it feels to me like it's, you know, I was talking to somebody in Luxembourg this week, and I think they've got 400,000 people live in Luxembourg. The population swells on any particular day. But, you know, you've got more people working in Walmart than 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 some countries. Indeed, indeed. And it's actually one of the things, you know, from a personal perspective, it is actually one of the things that attracted me to the organization. And actually one of the reasons that I took on the role that I was uh, – have been doing uh, for just over six years now at Walmart. And, and that is the scale. It's the scale is uh, even I, after even, you know, working there for some time, it still is just remarkable to me each day. And particularly in large events, when you think about, you know, a shopping holiday in the United States, like our black Friday, you know, the volume of product that gets moved through a store in a single day. And that in and of itself is remarkable. But then you take the fact that you have to replenish that store <laughs> with that same amount of product that night for the next day. <laughs> so, that, yeah. so that that shopping experience is an equal ex shopping experience for the next customer who comes through the door. And that's the thing that is just when you think of all the things that have to happen and be coordinated, you know, 24 uh, seven, that's, that's what makes the job exciting. It's never boring. <laughs> uh, sometimes, uh, obviously, you know, its scale can also be, you know, um, you know, there's always those, you know, in the reality of moving things through an organization, you know, our challenge is always, you know, moving at the speed at which our customers want us to evolve. Mm. So that's, that's one of the largest, I would say, you know, it used to be that, you know, could you, uh, you know, could you move at the speed of business? You know, that was kind of one of the monikers, you know, well, you know, a company needs to be able to move at the speed of business. And I would say that actually, you know, our challenge today is that we need to be moving at the speed of our culture. <laughs> and right, that right. is that is a very different that's a very different uh, metronome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that makes me think what 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 is the speed of our culture? What does that what does that sort of mean in in practice for for Walmart? I think it means uh, you know, you know, at, at, at its simplest level, it is really, it is about meeting the expectations of our incredibly broad uh, customer base across, you know, across the United States and around the world. Um, each of those has, you know, a, a very different way of looking at the world. And at the same time, we have to be able to 
you know, find the, the, the happy medium in, in those spaces, whether that's, uh, you know, in terms of education, in terms of uh, uh, vision for the future, in terms of uh, politics. <laughs> uh, and, you know, those are, all, those are all factors that the organization has to play, you know, that's the landscape in which we have to play within. Mm. Um, I, w- I would say, you know, the things that we take very seriously, for example, are things like, um, you know, uh, you know, the demand of, of um, resources and, you know, the, the various um, responses, excuse me, to global, um, you know, to some of the climate change and, you know, global warming types of environments and, you know, and the, and the impact that, you know, organizations have on those and their ability, quite frankly, to, you know, to uh, move the needle in the right direction on reducing packaging or waste or, you know, you know, you know, moving to achieving a zero carbon footprint uh, for their organization. Yeah, I've got so many questions going around my head at the moment. And, and you know, so so the, one of the things that makes me, you know, so we're, the culture, uh, the speed of culture, and it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Because there's also this sort of countervailing thing where people want to slow down because we're all so busy and people are so pressurized. On the other hand, there's an expectation around speed, um, speed and convenience. I mean, your story, though, about the the environmental impact makes me uh, i was listening to a a story by andrew mcafee who's written a new book he's um mit professor he wrote a book called the second machine age was it the second machine age or fourth machine age one of the two anyway he's written a book called doing doing more with less and he talks about the um what you'd call the aluminum can you know like a, a coke or a pepsi can um and how Essentially, it's become lighter and lighter and lighter. And and the, the organizations had an incentive to do that because if you can make it lighter, yes, it, it, lose, it, it uses less, but also it costs less. And so, as you say, you've got such power to change behavior, affect culture. Um, uh, are there any examples that you could give me of and maybe they're an example where you've kind of been able to digitally engage people in in Walmart in a way that's had that has shifted the needle a little bit um, on the environmental side. Sure, I think that we have um, certainly from a digital perspective. We use obviously in my day to day. Uh, responsibilities is really about serving as the communications platform to those uh, 1.5 million associates here in the United States and then serving as a center of excellence uh, for other organizations around the globe that are trying to accomplish the same thing. So that's things like developing platforms, et cetera. And one of the things that we're very proud of is our ability to be able to, you know, bring those, Stories. In fact, one of the things that we do with the platform is, you know, we find it to be equally important to have the conversations about what the company is doing, not just when our associates are 
uh, on the clock, you know, in the store, in the fulfillment center, et cetera, but also our ability to reach that associate and, and, you know, tell them about what's going on and quite frankly, what they're able to do in their, in their local areas uh, or local communities, you know, to affect some of these things. And that it's a broad range. I, you know, and we use environment as an example, but um, we're equally as important, you know, to make sure that we're doing the right things at the community level and that, and that it's not just the company that is, you know, uh, making a company directed donation, but in fact, you know, that there's input from, from the associates, from the store manager on, you know, how donations happen at their community level. Um, it's letting those associates know what the impact is of all of the solar panels or the, or the wind generators there, you know, mm. in their parking lots or on their roofs and, you know, what that means. I think a very interesting, and this is one that's actually uh, was, you know, was a fact before I even joined the organization, which I thought was a really interesting one, which is just taking feedback from the 1.5 million associates, because there's a lot of really great ideas out there on how you can reduce the footprint of whatever's going on in that store or other company facility. For example, you know, just asking a question of, you know, why do we, you, you use the example of a Coke machine or a, a Coke can, but equally, if you have a Coke machine that's sitting in the front of the store and just asking the question, do, you know, there's a lighted panel on the front of that Coke machine and to just ask the kid, ask the question, does it really have to be lit? <laughs> could we actually, you know, could we actually take and make that so that it wasn't drawing uh, even that much electricity, you know, and being, and again, when you start to multiply that across the footprint that the organization has, that's a significant impact. Um, and to your point, it's straight to the bottom line, right? Because now you're reducing the electrical costs, which is, you know, is reducing your, your overall cost to the organization. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Then this is nothing to do with, with, with Walmart, but I was, I was looking at, um, there was an article in the Financial Times this week looking at how the UK is, has, has moved away from coal. I mean, really dramatically since about 1980. But what was, what was interesting, um, there's been a big rise in renewables and so on, but what was interesting was overall was that even though the population of the country's gone up, I don't know, probably six or seven million, the actual energy consumed on any particular day has gone down quite significantly. Um, and, and, and I know that um, also in, in the US, it's kind of um, these, 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 and I think what's interesting when we're talking at, at the scale that you are is these small changes having a big impact. But you, you mentioned earlier that, that you were partly attracted to Walmart and this particular role because of the size. What, what was it about the size that attracted you? Because a lot of people would go, I, I don't even know where to start with this. This is the most daunting idea possible. Give me something nice and simple. Well, sure. Maybe just to share just a tiny little bit of my background, uh, it didn't happen overnight. Uh, my career actually started <laughs> out of uh, after a after a military after a, a a stint in military service. I went back to uh, grad school, 
And out of, gra- out of graduate school, I was recruited by then a very small company called Oracle. <laughs> and uh, I was uh, in the very, very early days of Oracle. There was only about 400 and some change uh, employees at Oracle and grew with that wow. company uh, till it was about 5,500. And then moved and was recruited by Microsoft and spent um, 10 years up at Microsoft in Seattle. And then I jumped over completely from my technology side of my career uh, and actually walked over to the other side and sat on the business side implementing technology for an, a small company called McDonald's Corporation. <laughs> right. And it, it was really there that I learned and had a passion for the size and scale. And uh, so my role was a very similar role at McDonald's that, that I hold today at Walmart. And really the only difference between those two roles is in how the messaging gets affected. In the McDonald's role, you know, most of your messaging is affected through an owner-operator or a franchisee, and so your your points tend to support communities. So you're trying to still reach those, you know, one in McDonald's case, about 1.6 million crew people, mm-hmm. but you're doing that through about 5,500 owner-operators. And they have their own profit interest in the equation versus one that is, you know, 100% company owned. And so that was where I really jumped in. And so I learned scale, you know, kind of along my career uh, in uh, working with large, you know, on the technology side, working with large companies um, in implementing large scale uh, uh, systems and really cut my teeth when I was at Microsoft there. And I was part of the team that developed and launched the Microsoft network with Windows 95. And so in a very short period of time, we built out basically an entire competitive footprint to what was then AOL and CompuServe. This is yeah. you know kind of pre-commercial internet when it was still dial-up services. And then there, during the you know the wild shift of of commerce over to the uh, to the internet, and so it was very much a uh, so it, it wasn't something that happened overnight. But to me, it's the demand of having to try to get you know very large projects um, from a collaboration and coordination perspective. You have to engage a lot of different views, and you have a lot of tension. And I think my early days as a product manager really helped with that because you really, you know, a, product, a good product manager kind of sits in between the development of the product and the, uh, and the potential consumer and the ability to be able to kind of strike the balance between those two tensions of, you know, what does the customer want? What, would, what, can, we, what can we deliver when can we deliver that? At what cost can we deliver that? And yeah. is that palatable <laughs> by the customer? And yeah, so and those, yeah, those early days really make that a, <laughs> made that I, I think a really great foundation. For, well, I mean, for yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, a, a really 
uh, intriguing career as you move through these organizations and i can see how that 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 sort of product mindset um but but tell me so how have you um used your intranet as a as a vehicle for connecting people um i mean how have you approached this with um uh, with walmart one which I'm going to say is is the world's largest internet, and if it isn't, it's probably it's certainly one of the world's largest internets. What what, what have you approached this, and what, where do you think you've got to? Sure, I think it's it actually has been a a um, a very strong uh, evolution over you know my tenure at Walmart. When we started, it was a homegrown. Uh, System that we had worked with a very, you know, with a local agency to help us build. Um, so this was back uh, 2012, and uh, it was it had and it had reached its end of life cycle, and so it was very much about moving to a platform that brought us into <laughs> into the into the current uh, technology stack, and it allowed us to. Uh, we went from being able to really connect with about 20 to 30% of our associates. And our real vision was to be able to top our associates um, first in the United States, and then to be able to actually build a universal platform that would be allowed to be shared around the globe. And I'd like to say that that happened in the first couple of years that I was there, but um, the demands of the business and, as I said, to be able to meet the expectations of the operations in an organization that is, that is as large as Walmart, that took us a little bit longer to do. Uh, so we made the decision to actually first start with a platform that served only the associates when they were not at work. And that really served as a as a great launching point because it was um, it was a place where they could come to get the information that they needed um, you know from their own personal interactions so those are things like employee benefits you know their pay their pay stubs their their uh, schedule their diary or their work schedules uh, when they were not at work um, and we saw that uh, interaction go from, you know, a typical interaction of, you know, associate coming maybe once a week and then it was two to three times a week. <laughs> and, you know, they were spending, a, you know, a couple of minutes and then we said, well, how can we start to ladder in some of the reputational information? How can we connect all of the applications that we would like to be able to? So if they wanted to make a donation of their time or their, um, or their money, they could do that. If they wanted to, you know, change, you know, some of their information, we basically started to create, you know, kind of this single platform, this single footprint where they could rely on the fact that, you know, they could connect to pretty much any system that they needed to when they were not on, when they were not at work and not on the clock. And then we, uh, mobile enabled that with a native application uh, a couple of years after launching that platform, and that was the that was the flex <laughs> that was the inflection point that really took it to a completely different level. 
because now we had, we were in their pockets, in their purses. Uh, and, you know, that we went from, you know, a, a, a kind of a daily routine of, you know, 150 or 200,000 associates visiting to, uh, you know, 600 to 800,000 associates visiting every day and about 1.1 million associates coming, unique associates that were coming each month. And, you know, there are, you know, I'd like to say that we reach each and every associate, but the reality is, is that, you know, there's about 10% of the population that just is not, quite frankly, is not interested in, in interacting except when absolutely necessary. <laughs> mm. And so, uh, so, we, so we're not able to do that. In the last year, um, we have actually done something that uh, was the next step in what we were, was always the vision from the time I got there. And that was to actually merge not only our off-clock experience when they're not at work, but to merge the, the platform, the, the, the day-to-day store operational platform was, a, was another platform and another complete technology stack. And our vision was to always merge those two things together. And it is in this year, in fact, we, uh, we flipped the switch at the beginning of our year this year in February, and, that has, and we have brought on, so we now run the, it is now a true intranet, extranet, <laughs> uh, and we run it not only for our off-the-clock experience, but also it is also running our day-to-day business on the clock. And so all of that uh, content is being served through a single platform, and we are extending that platform out to our as the business, our China business, our Mexico business, our Canada business. So it gives us a flexibility and a leverage point where we can build a component for this platform one time and leverage it across this, you know, a much, much, much larger scale. Oh. And, and so if I'm one of the guys who uh, is in the uh, the car park collecting trolleys and pushing them back. And um, I'm always amazed at how, the, you know, they managed to do all that. And um, how how do I access the intranet? What what device would I be typically using? When would I be doing it? And what what would I be looking to do when I when I when I access it? Sure. No, that's a that's a great question, uh, and that would depend on both your role and kind of what the requirement of that role would be. Um, it for the person who was picking up the trolleys, uh, that would typically the interaction would probably be uh, one of uh, two or three ways. It would be either the the mobile phone that is in their pocket. <laughs> that they could then log into all, the entire platform is both um, completely responsive. So it, it will, you know, manage itself to a wide variety of devices, you know, so handhelds, uh, tablets, and desktops. And then there is also a, a shell that is wrapped around in a, in a, in a native application type of environment there's a shell that is wrapped around uh, that effort as well. 
so that you can take advantage of some of the uh, native functionality of the of the mobile device itself. So particularly around uh, camera, microphone, etc. Uh, they also have kiosks in the in the uh, in the stores or in the in the uh, uh, logistics centers. And if you were a truck driver, that would actually be a, a very um, specialized tablet that is built <laughs> um, for their particular form and function. But again, it is all tying everything back um, through a universal login. So there is a single sign-on, a single user ID, and then we do all of the connections on the back end for you know the various. Um, applications, et cetera. And then we try to, as best we can, we actually try to then, of course, bring in all of the human resource platforms. We're not trying, it, we, we are not building native applications on the platform, but it is much more, you could consider it to be a, a doorway uh, or a portal to a lot of other uh, different platforms, both mobile and uh, software as a service and, um, you know, increasingly just a lot of different cloud-based applications mm. as well. So, And, and if, I, if I'm a, a, a truck driver, so I've now stopped collecting trolleys, I'm now driving the truck, um, um, tell me what kind of things I might actually be wanting to do. Um, so I get onto the particular app and the, and the, the, uh, in the environment. What are the typical things that I might be wanting to do? Sure, that would be things like running, you know, what is your schedule? Where are you scheduled to take, you know, the next load or loads? <laughs> um, in their particular case, they have a very, in the United States at least, it's a, it's a very unique uh, way of handling some of that. That device is actually also uh, has a lot of uh, native functionality in it that is very specific. Uh, to the truck, to the inventory, to the load, <laughs> uh, you know, that is, uh, that they're interacting with. And then at the same time, it's also allowing them access to, you know, a wide variety of, of, of applications that are, um, you know, that, Certainly not when they're driving, but when you know yeah. they're uh, in a rest, <laughs> sure. in a rest type of situation, uh, would be just uh, you know what what are the next things that are coming up? For example, here in the United States, you know we have a, our benefits are kind of we enroll our employees in benefits once a year at a very specific time. So that period is coming up right now. So mm-hmm. we have a very short window to enroll you know, the, or at least speak to the 1.5 million associates and inform them of the wide variety of benefits that are, uh, you know, geographically determined, right? So right. in other words, you know, a, a health, you know, a health here in the United States, you know, the healthcare systems are, you know, based on a geog- on a geography. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, the ability to go in and look at that. It would be, is there training that would be scheduled and to look at, am I scheduled for the next set of training? Uh, and and in many cases, am, can I receive the training right on that device? <laughs> mm. uh, so, for example, I have a whole, even as a, 
at the home office as a manager of people, I have a whole set of certifications that I have to, you know, go through each year. And the wide, the, you know, the wide um, kind of list of that I'm able to do, again, from any device, kind of anywhere, any device. And because I'm not locked into a, a timing where I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a salaried employee, so I don't have the restrictions of what content I can see when I'm, you know, not at work. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, and that is, that's a very, very key differentiator in the platform is the understanding that when you're, when you're at work, the devices and the platform are aware of, are you physically on our network? Are you physically in a, in a, you know, in a, in one of our uh, locations? Mm -hmm. Are you, have you, you know, clocked in? Are you, you know, are you on the clock or off the clock? Uh, are you on a break? <laughs> uh, the devices know what your schedule is. And of course you can, there are, you know, there are tools that will allow you to, to override some of that, you know, should you say, Oh, you know, I'm not, I was supposed to take my break at this point, but you know, the demands, you know, made me shift that. So, right. you know, it, it allows you to do that, but there's a lot of intelligence in the, in the, in the network and in the device and in the application itself. Yeah. And it, and it, it I think what comes across to me is, is, is just how, kind of useful this is going to be to people in different ways depending on what their different roles are i mean and and, and as i understand it you're you're a big users of workplace by facebook and and the platform you use is adobe experience manager or have i got some of that wrong you are absolutely correct and okay. then we also <laughs> we use uh that we use uh for our collaboration and we have that, of course, is a separate. Uh, it is a separate service. But what we have done is we have built components in Adobe Experience Manager that allow us to surface each of the a very specific work group uh, or within Workplace itself, because Workplace is is not it's not one thing within Facebook, but it's you know. It's many, 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 many groups. <laughs> so, mm. you know, I belong to, I probably belong to 30 or 40 groups within our workplace platform. So there's one for my team specifically. Um, there is another for the next layer in my organization. You know, so I report up through the digital strategy and brand engagement team. And so that has its own <laughs> that has its own work group for us to collaborate as that team of about twenty eight people, and then the next layer is our corporate communications group, and then we report up to you know corporate affairs. So in, in each of those layers, I there there is a group that allows us to communicate uh, you know more horizontally across the organization as you kind of move up. And then there are, you know, the wide open, anybody can join, uh, you know, what's happening at the home office, what's happening within the company, what's happening, um, you know, there's a classified section for the geography. <laughs> so, you know, even people wanting to, you know, um, 
you know, sell used baby equipment or that type of thing, you know, so <laughs> uh, or give it away. So yeah, it's a very, and what we've done, like I said, what we've done with Adobe Experience Managers, we've built a specialized component that actually surfaces those workplace or the work, yeah, those um, groups uh, inside. So, and that is up to the content manager as to where, and what group they want to surface and in what location on the, on the intranet or extranet. Um, yeah. So that's really up to them. Yeah, and I know you've had a real um, focus on content for the associates. Um, uh, what, what, what's the um, strategy there? It, it's, very, it's a very broad strategy, but it's one in which we... Uh, so there are very much uh, at, at, its, at its highest level, we basically split the kind of that experience into two very kind of large buckets. And that is what we would call to be directive or non-directive content. And that, again, those are labor considerations for those. So there's content that we can deliver to you when you're being paid to consume that content. And then there's content that we can, d can deliver to you anytime, anywhere, any device. And so that's kind of the, that's the largest umbrella that we kind of look at. And then at the next layer down, that's where we start to get into the, you know, if it's a directive piece and there's a whole organization of folks that are responsible for delivering what you know what that is that's everything from task lists to policies and procedures to playbooks to how do you reset a particular modular to <laughs> yeah. and so and and so that is a group of content managers that are enabled by the adobe experience manager uh across the organization so it's a highly decentralized set of of work and the way that we differentiate that is at the highest level, uh, it's my team and a an equivalent role on the operational side, and we make the editorial calls for what you would see when you first log into your device. So, what is that home page? What is that landing page? What's important? What needs to be? You know, what do you need to see uh, based on your role, your geography? Uh, you know what, what the company wants you to see, yeah. and then from from there we we move all the way down. So that's um, that's uh, you know everything from our again. I keep kind of going back to reputational content, but it's it's all of the content that we would like you to know about the company that's useful for you uh, in your role. And again, more and more we're trying to personalize that so that if you have a passion for like, for example, I personally, I have a passion for what we are doing in kind of the environmental space and what we're doing to um, work, you know, to modify our, our facilities for, for solar energy and wind energy and, you know, reducing that footprint. And so more and more, we're trying to get where if you've shown us a, a predisposition for a set of content, you know, we would like to be able to serve you more relevant content, you know, specifically to you. And even better if it's, you know, about, you know, stores or facilities that are in your geographic area, or maybe even the store that you're in. 
um, you know, if there's a very specific story. Uh, we're also very involved in having our associates tell their stories about their stories. And so, you know, we're talking today about the internet, extranet, and one Walmart. Um, but we actually have a broad range of tools that we use to actually talk to the associate. It is, it is a channel in a, in a strategy for reaching our associates kind of not just, you know, where, where we have, uh, you know, com where we have control over the, the messaging set, but also we're speaking to them in their, in their own social channels. So we have, you know, we have a, we have several Instagram accounts. We have um, Facebook. We have we have Facebook accounts. We have local store Facebook accounts. Uh, you know, Twitter, our corporate uh, website, and so there's a very tight integration with all of this content. And in many cases, we are the content that we're developing as a digital strategy and brand engagement group is. Uh, to develop the content um, holistically, and then and this and then be able to parcel parcel it out by channel and audience, and then and then we make the appropriate we make the appropriate changes to the content or the editorial changes to the content to make sure that it is appropriate for the device. So you're not going to put a you know, a, a full web page piece of content in an Instagram account or a, or a Twitter feed, but you will, you know, what are the salient points that you want to get, you know, potentially to that associate to be able to, to speak about that. So, yeah, I mean, and I, I can, I can sort of feel the, the complexity of it all, but also I can, I, I, I also have a sense of a, of a, of an overarching strategy with it. And, and what would you, is there some particular kind of challenge inside the environment that you service that, you know, if only we could fix this, if only we, 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 we could sort of address this particular kind of requirement, is there some, little kind of thing that you'd love to be able to solve in the next few years? That is a, another great question. Uh, I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, I would say are a couple of things. One is that we're more and more can we uh, – we're, and we're moving this direction, and, I, and so I don't want to draw the picture that this is not something that we're not already starting to do. But we really are trying to get to this, uh, you know, developing uh, what we internally call the audience of one. Uh, and that's where we're really trying to get to, which is to try to deliver that personalized experience of, because we know that your time is precious. We know that your the amount of mindset that we're going to have within that time is precious for us and so how do we do the best job of actually delivering that uh to our audience types you know and that is there's you know we're just we're we're testing and evolving the system daily to try to get us to that point you know you heard me you heard me say that and so that's implementing targeting it's implementing personalization 
uh, it's understanding kind of who you are and where you are and what is your role and what is your education level and, and what have you shown us to, you know, to be interested in and what do we need you to be interested in? <laughs> what do we need you to care about and how to move that? And so that's one set in a big, in a big bucket. I would say that the second set, the, the other thing that I would love to be able to measure um, is a much deeper analysis uh, selfishly <laughs> for understanding, are we actually moving the needle? Because if you think about the type of communication that, that you know, we deal with at a reputational level, it's a, it's a much less direct line to the cash register. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. in a sales environment, you know, you know, you run an ad, you know, the, there's a call to action. The, the customer <laughs> takes that uh, either, you know, either chooses to respond to that call to action or not. And you have some level of was that successful or not based just on the pure execution and the, and the fact that, that, the, that they rang the cash register. We don't have that in the reputational environment, and it's a much longer lead cycle with a lot more influential cycles, mm -hmm. um, a, a lot more influencers to that cycle. Um, and so I think it's a... Um, if you know if if I could have a magic wand, it would be how do we better deliver to our management you know a a set of of um, insights into mm -hmm. the effectiveness of the actual you know of the communications efforts that are going yeah. on. I mean, it's yeah. class, I mean, you know, in your world as well, right? I mean, it's that it's you know, it's how you know, it's great, but you know, okay, but what does three percent, you know, what does a three percent bump, you know, sure. in readership actually mean? <laughs> you know, and yeah, you know, did you take the action? You know, I can yes, I can. You know, if I have a set of goals that says, you know, I I want this many people to you know take the course and to pass the test. And, you know, but the ability to quickly and easily be able to say and tie some of those things, you know, those efforts back into, are they, you know, are they happier? Did, are they happier, you know, are the happier associates, you know, anecdotally, we all believe that to be true, but is a, but is that actually making an impact for our customers, for our customer satisfaction, for our company revenue, for our profits, for our, you know, there's a, it's a, you know, in an organization of our size, it's a, it's a very large Rubik's cube to kind of spin around and, and, and get to, and we would very much, and we are, and we're, we're working on that as well. We're really trying to figure that out. Yeah. And, and uh, I imagine you must be somebody who, who enjoys complexity um, because it sounds like you kind of like navigating that. And um, I, I mean, congratulations on everything you've been achieving. It's, it's, it's kind of what seems like a daunting challenge. I think, you know, I can sense the, that, you know, the passion and, and sort of uh, systematic approaches that you bring to it. So Steve, um, any final 
um, uh, reflections or things you want to say just before we um, bring our conversation to a close? No, what I would say is that I, I think mine was in all of my conversations with all of my friends and colleagues, uh, you know, that are, that don't know more about us uh, as at Walmart and our, our family of brands is, um, to look beyond, uh, you know, what you read sometimes in the newspaper <laughs> or mm-hmm. on the online and get to know us as an organization. I think the thing that I am, I'm absolutely passionate about, but what I'm most passionate about is the remarkable set of people that I get to work with every day, uh, across the organization and the, just the deep, love that uh you know we again it's it's typically the the negative stories that kind of make you know that that make the the threshold but i can't tell you of how many countless stories of you know the work that our associates do each and every day to deliver on the customer satisfaction piece that um it's just it would You'd be very, very surprised at just how passionate, you know, the, the, that group of folks really are. And mm. so get to know those folks, look beyond just the, <laughs> just that vest or the badge and, and get to know them. Yeah. You know, get to yeah. know them as people because they're really remarkable people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's all the, it's, it's a kind of statement, you know, have a conversation you know, engage in the conversation and um, you never know what you're going to find out and learn. Um, well, thank you so much, Steve. It's been um, wonderful um, getting an insight into what Walmart's uh, been doing and is doing and, and all the things you're thinking about. And thank you so much for, for um, coming on today. Well, thank you, Paul, as well. It's been a pleasure. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy supporting more than 100 leading businesses and public institutions to advance their intranets and broader digital workplaces through benchmarking, research and practitioner expertise. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. And if you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the show, go to digitalworkplacegroup.com forward slash DWG underscore podcast. This is Paul Miller wishing you well until next time.